What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Thank you so very much for joining us today and hanging out with us. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people that's tuning in from all over the place and we hope that these services are very, very helpful to them and their relationship with Jesus. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, thank you so very much for doing that. When you love, you give. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. When we love the mission of God, we give. And when you give here at the Water's Edge, you allow us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, shelter more people, serve more people, and show our city the hands and feet of Jesus and make the love of Jesus Christ visible. So thank you so very much for doing that. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, God is asking this question almost like a job interview question. And this is what he's wanting to know. Who can I send? I'm looking for someone that I can send out into the world to broken people, to people that are hurting, people that are confused, people that are dealing with uncertainties, people that are struggling in this life, people that are trying to climb mountains and deal with their giants and their battles. I need to send someone to share the message of my heart. I need to send someone to share the message of my love. And so then he's asking a question, who's going to go for me and who can I send? And then the prophet Isaiah speaks up. I'm not the most talented. I'm not the wealthiest. I'm not the most popular. I don't have the most gifts. But one thing I do have is this, Lord, I'm available and I'm willing here am I, Lord, send me. Send me to the broken with your message. Send me to the hurting with your message. Send me to the oppressed with your message. Send me to those that are looking for freedom with your message. I'm willing, I'm available, send me. We got to understand that as disciples, we're all ambassadors and representatives of Jesus Christ. But let's say that you know that and you want to share the message of God's love with people that you know are hurting and struggling in this life or just people that you know need freedom on the inside. And let's say that you want to be excited about being a part of a church that allows you to share that message and it allows you to be a part of something bigger than yourself that invites other people in so you can watch God work in their life too. Maybe you would have a question for that church, maybe like a job interview question. And maybe that question would go something like this. What is this church really about? Why did this church get started? What's the heart of this church? What's the core of this church? What's the mission of this church? And what's the vision of this church? And that's what we're talking about in this series. And so today we continue with our current series. And this series is called The Job Interview. And I think most of us could probably identify with this today. Let's say that you have a long day or even more stressful. Let's say that you You've had a long week and you're dealing with family issues and work issues and spiritual issues and relationship issues and you're just exhausted on the inside. Your mind is exhausted, your heart is exhausted, your body's exhausted, your spirit is exhausted, your soul is exhausted and then you finally get home to rest from a long stressful day and your phone starts ringing and you don't want to answer it and then you look down and you get a text message and this is what the text message says, hey call me as soon as you get a chance and as soon as you look down at who tried to call you and who just sent you that text, you quickly realize that this is someone that you just don't want to talk to. It's that one person in your life that you do not enjoy answering the phone. And 
and it could be for many reasons. Maybe they have no idea how to end the conversation and they just drag it on and on and on. Or maybe every time you talk to them, they're just always negative and they're always defeated. And every time you try to encourage them, they don't even believe it or receive it. They just go back to that darkness and that negativity. Or maybe they always gossip and tear down other people. Whatever it is, maybe they take life from you and they don't pour any life back into you. Whatever it is, they just exhaust you on the inside and you just don't have the energy or the desire to talk to them. It's like when you get home from a long day's work and you just got out of the shower and at seven o'clock you're getting ready to rest and a salesman knocks on your door and you just feel like you're violated and it's just, just too intrusive. And so it's almost like we say it like this. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you and notice this today. I have a hard time enjoying talking to them because I rarely relate to or even have a basic desire to talk about the things that they always want to talk about. We all have people like that in their life. We try to avoid them because we don't have the desire or the energy to talk about the things that they always talk about, whether it's their defeats or their gossip or their negativity or whatever it is that's going on in their life. And I got to be honest with you, I have noticed the same reaction to a lot of Christians. I have noticed the same reaction to a lot of church people when they try to talk to other people about God and about God's love and about their relationship with Jesus Christ and about church. It seems like we make them feel uneasy more than we make them feel peaceful. It seems like we make them feel evaluated, uncomfortable, and sometimes judged. And that's because most of the time when we talk about God, we talk about the wrong things. And we talk about God in the wrong way. Let me say that again. Most of the time when people who say they know Jesus and they go to church and they follow Jesus, most of the time when we talk about God with other people, we talk about the wrong things and we talk about God in the wrong way. And so that raises a question and this is what it is. And notice this today. What should I talk about when I talk about God with other people? If I'm going to share the message of God's love with people that are hurting and broken and struggling and they need love and compassion passion and grace and they need help. If I want to talk to Jesus about them, then what do I talk about when I talk about God? And that obviously includes what we should not talk about when we talk about God with other people, because the last thing we want to do is for hurting people to push away from God, to push away from Jesus, to push away from this relationship and to push away from the faith because we don't know how to present God to other people or we don't know how to talk about God when we talk about God or when to talk about about God when we discern that people are going through something. And so the big idea today is this, what should we talk about when we talk about God? And have you ever been so curious about something, deeply affected by something, deeply emotional about something, consumed by something, curious about something, something amazing has happened to you, or something devastating has happened to you, something awesome has happened to you in this life, or something challenging has happened to you in this life, and you just have this desire, this urge to talk about it. We do this about so many different things in our life. Something encouraging has happened to me. Something devastating has happened to me. Something great has happened to me. Something difficult or life-changing has happened to me. And so because of that, I need to talk about it. I have a desire to share it with other people. I have a desire to talk it up. And when we do, this is something that we quickly realize. And we pointed this out last week and notice this today. If 
You're still with me, Sam. So still with you. Good news and bad news always travels faster than routine news. And this is what I mean when I say that. You and I are much quicker to talk about what's extremely good or what's extremely bad. We are much quicker to talk about what's extremely negative or extremely positive. And we usually keep the ordinary day-to-day things to ourselves. We usually keep the routine things to ourselves, and we talk about the extremes. If it's extremely great, we talk about it. If it's extremely bad or devastating, stating we talk about it but the ordinary we don't talk about that too much in Mark chapter 1 we find Jesus and his disciples in a synagogue a synagogue was a Jewish place of worship and he's teaching people about who God really is and suddenly when Jesus is teaching he's interrupted by something extremely out of the ordinary notice what it is in Mark chapter 1 verses 21 through 28 Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went to the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of the man. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. Notice that. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to talk about. They began to discuss. They began to share and spread what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked with excitement. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region. Notice the scene. Jesus is teaching and everyone is amazed at his words. And we don't know what Jesus is teaching about. Probably something about the kingdom of God, but whatever it is. The crowd had never heard someone teach like this before with such love, peace, grace, and authority. And in the center of Jesus' teaching, a man bust in the synagogue filled with an evil spirit. And the evil spirit obviously recognizes Jesus and is begging Jesus not to mess with this evil spirit. But Jesus is going to cast out the evil spirit and the man leaves in his right mind. And everyone is in amazement and the people begin to talk about it. But let's look at this in a practical way. What happened right here? This is what happened. God did something amazing. They experienced what God did firsthand together. God did something amazing. They experienced what God did among them firsthand in a personal way. And after that, they just couldn't help it. They had to go out and talk it up and talk about it and spread the news. And so today, as we continue with this series called The Job Interview, the purpose of this series is to help us understand how we could come together as a gathering, how we could come together as a church, a group of disciples, an assembly of God, people that love Jesus Christ, and how we can make a difference together and how we can share the love of Jesus Christ together with people that are struggling or on a more simple note we could say this series is about this I love my church I love what God is doing in my life and in my life at my church and I would love to know how to talk about it with other people I would love to know how to talk about what God is doing in my life and what God is doing in my church and what God is doing in my life at my church but to be honest with you I've noticed this I've noticed something about people who go to church when they try to talk about God with other people 
And this is what I've noticed if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. We think we're justified and right for what we say about God when we talk with other people about God because after all, we're talking about God. Many times we buy into that lie. You and I think that we're justified with what we say to other people about God because after all, I'm talking to people about Jesus. After all, I'm talking to people about God. So whatever I say about God is justified and that's simply not true. We have to understand that we can't just talk to people about God. We have to know what to say when we talk to people about God and when to say it. Now, all throughout the narrative of the New Testament, not only are we called to follow Jesus with our life and faith, but like we talked about last week, we're also called to do a few other things. And notice this today. Number one, we're called to imitate Jesus. We want to be just like Jesus Christ. The second thing is this. We want to create a positive picture of Jesus in this hurting world and not a negative picture of Jesus. And then the third thing is this. We want to talk about how important our faith is in Jesus Christ with other people. But today I also want to talk to you about a few things that we are not called to be as we follow Jesus. We are called to place our faith in Jesus. We are called to imitate Jesus Christ. We are, all, we are called to create a positive view of Jesus in this world. And we are called to be disciples. And we are also called to talk about our faith. But many times we try to become these other things that we shouldn't become. And it always hurts other people's view of Jesus Christ. And this always, always pushes other people away from God who desperately need God. So understand the first thing today, and this is what it is. We are not salespeople. When we talk about other people, when we talk about God with other people, we have nothing up our sleeve. When we talk about Jesus with other people, we're not trying to get them to become members of our church. We're not trying to get them to attend here so they can give a tithe here, so they can give an offering here. We're not trying to get our numbers up. We're not trying to do any of those things. The fact is this, everyone is real. Everyone has a real heart, a real soul, real battles, real struggles, real dreams, real fears, real concerns. Jesus died for all people. Jesus loves all people. We are not salespeople. We are just trying to give people hope. We are just trying to give people grace and love. We're just trying to talk to other people about what God's doing in our life because God may can do it in their life too and they may be curious enough to give God a chance. The second thing we're not is this. We're not the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of church people who if the Holy Spirit retired, they'd be first in line to apply for his job. Many times the church people I know, and in order to help other people, we get it all wrong and we come across as shameful and we condemn other people and we judge other people. When you and I try to produce conviction in the lives of other people, it always comes across as a guilt trip. And when other people feel like we're always laying a guilt trip on them, they never draw close to us and they never draw close to God. That is not a soil of grace and nothing grows unless it's in a soil of grace. People don't come to church to get beat over the head. People don't want to hang out with you to get beat over the head about their struggles that they already know they're dealing with. You are not the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham says that it's our job to love, the Holy Spirit job to convict, and God's job to judge. It is not our job to convict. It is not our job to judge. That word means separate. It is our job to love. The third thing we're not is this. We are not on a team. It is not us versus them. It's not Jesus followers versus the world. It's not the church versus people that are pagan. It's not people that love Jesus versus people who don't love Jesus. It's not people who are drawing close to God and trying to live godly versus those people that are ungodly and just ruining our nation and ruining our world. It is not us 
versus them. In fact, Jesus said this about people who declared themselves as his enemy. He was so loving and so accepting, so full of compassion, so full of grace that he says, I have no enemies because I pray for my enemies and I forgive my enemies. And when someone declares themselves as my enemy, I erase it by embracing them as my brother and sister. I pray for them and I love them. We've got to get out of this thinking that it's us versus them, that it's God's team versus the world's team. It's God's team versus Satan's team. It's God's team versus, uh, listen, the sinner's team and all those types of things. We've got to understand that it's not us versus them. It's us loving them. It's us feeding them. It's us sheltering them. It's us forgiving them. It's us reaching out to them. It's us encouraging them. And it's us loving on them until they get set free. Amen. Notice what Paul says to the Corinthians about this very subject. Some people in that church are having a debate. Some people are saying, well, we're getting closer to Jesus because of the words of the Apostle Paul. He's our favorite preacher. And the other section of believers, they were saying, no, we're getting closer to Jesus because of the words of Apollos. He's our favorite preacher. And the missionary Paul comes along and says this. It's not the words of me. It's not the words of Paul. It's not the words of Apollos. It is the work of God in your life and the Holy Spirit. Notice what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. He says, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purpose and both are going to be rewarded for their own hard work for we are both co-workers with God and we are working in God's field and you are building God's building. Right here, Paul says this, when you're talking about God with other people, don't try to make the seed grow. Don't try to produce results. Just plant the seed. Plant the seed of curiosity. Plant the seed of grace. Plant the seed of love. Plant the seed of faith. Plant the seed of life change. Plant the seed of hope. Plant the seed of encouragement. Plant the seed of Jesus. But it's not your job to make results happen. Some people plant the seed, some people water the seed, and then God comes along and he takes it the rest of the way. Leave the work and the growth and the results up to God. When we talk to others about God, simply plant a seed. Plant that little seed about God's love, God's grace, and God's kindness. Someone else is going to come along and water the seed. And then notice this today. When talking about God, we are seed planters, not team recruiters or result producers. You say, well, Tony, I really want to talk to other people about God. I really do. I, I, want to, I want to show other people Jesus with my life, but I also want to take it a step further because God gave me a mouth, and I want to talk about God too with other people. What's the best and the easiest way I can do that that doesn't push people away from church or Jesus? This is what it is, and remember this. Talk with others about how much you enjoy your church and how it helps you connect with Jesus because that may be something that they're looking for in their life too. But don't push. And if it seems like they're not interested, at least you planted a seed. And so because of that, let me quickly remind you of your church, who we are, our heart, our mission, our vision, why we're here and why we got started. First of all, once again, our vision statement, we exist to creatively tear down walls between God and people who feel far away from God. We could say it this way. We want to be the type of church 
that makes it easier for you to invite your friends who've given up on church. We want to be the type of church that makes it easier for you to invite your friends who've been hurt by church, who've been hurt by Christians, who've been hurt by religion, who've been hurt by bad teaching and bad theology and bad doctrine. We want to be the type of church that makes it easier for you to invite your friends to who are just struggling and they're not even sure if they believe in God yet. And so because of that, like we told you last week, here's a list of our values and these are great talking points when you talk about what God is doing in your life through your church. We're a come as you are church. Come just as you are. You're not going to leave that way and you're not going to stay that way, but come just as you are. Second thing is this. We're a practical life application church. We're not going to just teach you the Bible. We're going to teach you how to live the Bible in your everyday life. We're a church that welcomes everyone and we accept everyone no matter what. And we're a church that feeds and serves and shelters and we do it over and over and over again because that makes Jesus Christ visible and we're also a church that's focused on discipleship. But let me give you one more today as we discuss our vision. And again, this is a great talking point with other people about what God is doing in your life and notice this today. We're a church that's trying to paint a different and fresh picture of Jesus for those people who quit listening a long time ago. And there's a lot of people who are hurting and there's a lot of people who are struggling and there's a lot of people who are bound up with discouragement today who quit listening a long time ago and we are here today to paint a, a different picture, a new picture, a better picture, and a fresher canvas of Jesus Christ for those people. We have to understand something. The picture that you and I were given a long time ago, the picture that I was given of Jesus Christ a long time ago, and this is the wrong picture, was that we're all sinners in the hands of an angry God. We're all broken sinners in the hands of an impatient God, in the hands of a slave driving God. We're sinners in the hands of an exclusive God. We're sinners in the hands of a critical God. We're sinners in the hands of an insensitive schizophrenic God who's a monster. But we're here today as the water's edge to erase that picture of God. We are not sinners in the hands of an angry God. We're here to paint a different picture and a better picture. And the picture is this. We all know that we're sinners. We know what we're dealing with today. Everyone listening to this today is painfully aware of everything that you battle with and everything that you struggle with and everything that you're battling with on the inside. But God knows that because of that fact we all know that we're sinners because of that we also know that we're all hurting today and we're all struggling today we know what needs to change in our life we don't need someone to come along and beat us over the head we don't need someone else to come along and give us a special revelation about what needs to change in our life we think about it every day every moment of every day we already know and so because of that we're hurting and so the new picture we're trying to paint and a better picture we're trying to paint is this we're all hurting people in the hands of an amazing God. We're hurting people in the hands of an awesome God. We're hurting people in the hands of a loving God, a patient God, a merciful God, a comforting God, the God of peace, a life-changing God, and the God of a second chance. And so let's go back to our original question. What should we talk about when we talk about God? Notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. 
When talking about God with other people, focus on planting seeds of curiosity so they can start to explore Jesus for themselves. And don't talk about God in a way that puts pressure on you to produce results. And don't talk about God in a way that produces pressure on them to respond in the way that you think they should respond. Paul says, we plant the seed, we water the seed, and then God does the work. We are here today to simply plant seeds of God's love and leave the rest to God. When we talk about God with other people, if we want to paint a better picture, we have to be careful to never talk about him like we're a salesman. We have to be careful to never talk about Jesus like we're playing the role of the Holy Spirit, like some authoritative jerk who knows everything or some uninvited burglar who knocks on your door the late hours of the night and is too invasive. We are seed planters and our goal is this. I want to make this world curious about Jesus. I'm not looking to draw a line in the sand. I'm looking to erase it. And I want hurting people because of my love to become curious about God and about his love. And so one creative way we're doing that is we want to get you involved in this series so it can be a great talking point with people that you know and love. And so last week we started to take a vote. And this week, we're going to continue to do that. We have all these different subjects, too, that you can vote on. That's going to be our next series. And then the series that gets the second most votes will be the series that we start right after that. And we're going to announce that on September the 3rd. We're going to give you a bunch of social media invites for you to go out and not just share God's love with your life, but to share God's love with your words so we can talk it up. And again, leave your vote in the comment section. What would you like to see our next series be? And then the series right after that, these are the subjects. How to deal with sincere doubts about my faith. How to deal with loneliness. How to deal with mental illness battles. How to deal with forgiveness and setting boundaries. And how to heal from relationship heartbreak. Leave your vote in the comment section. We cannot wait to see you back next week. We love you all. Let's pray. As soon as I finish praying, stay tuned, stay with us for an amazing time of worship from the amazing Water's Edge Worship Band. Father, today we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for loving us all. And because you loved us first, we love you back through a time of worship. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.